0: I'm always saying it needs to have the smell of freedom about it. <laughs> and when I lose that aroma, I always get a little bit concerned about my own life or someone else in their life with God.
1: I just got home from a wonderful week with the Chicago Renovare Institute folks. And during the trip I was able to find a little space to sit down with our friend from South Africa trevor hudson trevor's written a little book titled pauses for lent 40 words for 40 days this conversation was genuinely helpful for me i so want to engage this space before easter but often struggle my name is nathan foster and welcome to the renovare podcast what are your thoughts on Lent?
0: I grew up in a tradition that never emphasized Lent. Um, so my first introduction to Lent was really hearing it in popular speech, you know, people saying, what did you give up for Lent? Right, uh, right, right. So my way into Lent was he- listening to people tell me um, what they would given up. Uh, given up sweets, given up sugar in their coffee, given up milk in their coffee, etc. Um, so it was only, um, I would say, really only about uh, kind of halfway through my life that I began to stumble maybe upon the treasure that Lent can be.
1: It, it's more than just fish and diets,
0: yes. Uh, it's more than fish and diets, <laughs> uh, and and I've always had a. Um, and I'm not too sure if it's a reaction to what are you giving up for Lent, uh, I've always wanted to uh, frame it in within a context of good news
1: yeah.
0: uh, for yeah. people, that Lent
1: sounds like good news and not bad news. Mm-hmm. It, that was my experience too. It growing up in a tradition that didn't celebrate Lent as yeah. in popular culture, and um the sense I had was it was just uh, a punishment, sure. like oh yeah,
0: self torture moment.
1: Yeah, and I I would never hear people talk oh. about giving things up with sure. a, a a joy, sure. right? Sure. And and you certainly do see that in the extreme of sure. celeb, you know, sure. uh, over sure. excess before uh, or after. What what has been the treasure an in inlet for you for me?
0: I think sometimes you know. I think in terms of the great festivals of our Christian faith, and by that I mean, um, uh, let's say, Christmas, uh, uh, Pentecost, and Easter, I think sometimes it's possible to kind of arrive at them totally unprepared. Okay. And you suddenly discover, uh, hey, it's, it's Christmas Day, and it's kind of caught me by surprise, or... I'm sitting in the Good Friday service and uh, suddenly it's here. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me, the, the good news of a season like Lent can be that it helps us to enter into the events of Good Friday and Easter Sunday just a little bit more deliberately and deeply and consciously. Mm-hmm. And, and, in, and in a way that we are prepared. And that's why I, I like to see Lent as, um, and I'm not too sure where I first came across this phrase. I think it was Eugene Peterson, that he, he saw the time of Lent as a time gift Okay, that God gives to the church um, for us to prepare. That Advent, for example, is a time gift. Uh, that Easter tide is a time gift. So here is a a time gift, and I love the words of gift. That this is a this is a gift, and if you receive this gift, um, you can enter into the great festivals just a little bit more deeply.
1: How do we prepare for the festivals?
0: Well, the great festivals, you know, have the, uh, the seasons and some of us are more familiar with these seasons than others. Some of us are not aware of, for example, the time of Advent uh, as we prepare for Christmas or Eastertide as we prepare for, uh, for Pentecost. And I think for many people like myself, uh, Lent was kind of a little bit in the popular speech sometimes of the community. You know, what did you give up for Lent? But not part of our, my own life. Uh, I love this
1: phrase of a time gift, right? And a time to prepare for right this day, right? Um, but what does that what does that mean? mean. What do I do? Right. Right. Am I seeking okay. after in that sure. preparing? Right.
0: I think that within, in terms of preparation for 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 Easter via Lent, I think there has been a certain there's a certain traditional approach I think which we can honour and learn from. Historically the practices of of Lent have um, been built around Jesus's teachings in the Sermon on the Mount around prayer and fasting and almsgiving, uh, sharing with those who are poor. So traditionally that has been the kind of kind of biblical context. How can I perhaps intensify my prayer? Um, how can I intensify maybe a moment of fasting or my engagement with those who are suffering? Um, and so the, so the, the 40 days then, offer a kind of intensification, perhaps around one of those practices or, or all of them. And I think that maybe has been perhaps the more traditional approach to Lent. I think one can also get relatively creative around Lent as well, I think. Um, so it can retain its sense of, of preparation for, you know, for Easter. But um, it can also be a little bit different. And so that has been my practice, certainly this Lent and maybe the last one or two Lents, mm-hmm. where I've just had just a little, a, a different focus. Um, so, for example, this Lent, uh, I've been living with a question that, I'm, that each day I'm going to ask the Lord, Lord, what would you, what would you like uh, for our friendship? Mm-hmm. Um, and while I don't hear a kind of direct answer given to that, as I sit with that question each day, I, I get a few, um, a few thoughts and um, nudges and prompts as to perhaps what I can specifically do that day in response to my sense of what the Lord would like uh, and desire in our friendship together. And that also helps me, and I guess this is a little bit of my own hobby horse. That also helps me to keep central uh, to practice friendship with Jesus, friendship with the Trinity. Yeah.
1: So each day,
0: so each this, day.
1: This particular, this, for this year, yeah,
0: this is your question. So that's my question, Lord. What what would you want for uh, for our friendship today? Uh, that's a good question. And. Uh, and just learning to live into my sense of a response to that question in a very conscious way. And I'm hoping that it will also help me uh, to enter into Good Friday where there is no greater love that a friend hath for a friend that he laid down his life. And then the resurrection of our
1: divine friend. So in in using the time gift, right. by the time then good you come to the Good Friday service, right. uh, you, you have you've had forty days of working with a specific practice. Right. Right. How would one know that they're prepared? I mean, I, I don't want to over programmatic or right. turn it into a a to do of sorts, but. Right. Um, what is the sense that when you sit there, Good Friday, you go, ah, I'm, I'm now right. a little more right. prepared to be present right. to the, sure. the story, the right. narrative, the happening? Yeah.
0: Some of the answer, I think, lies in that in, in itself that I then enter into Holy Week and I enter into Good Friday without having, as it were, been caught by surprise. Ah. Okay. Like, uh, oh, hey, it's Good Friday, no, it's Good isn't it? Friday, oh, you okay. know, and, I, and there's a sense in which I've, I enter into it a bit cold. Yep. Um, whereas I think if I really accept the time gift uh, as a time of preparation, and whether I do something a little bit more formal or something a little bit more creative, anything that just adds a little bit of intensity uh, to living in friendship with Christ, I think... It helps us to enter into uh, the events of Good Friday and Easter with uh, just a greater sense of of expectancy, and I'm I'm really present to it. I'm I'm ready for it at one level, to to whatever to whatever extent one can be ready for for, for that week for, for, for that moment.
1: I like that. You know, our our friend Lacey said something to me once. Referencing how uh, we celebrate the Hallmark calendar. Hmm. Do you have Hallmark Hmm. in South Africa? No, we don't
0: have Hallmark, but it's uh, a card company. Right, get some cards there from Hallmark.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and our life is marked by Uh, the Hallmark. Yeah, the the season of you know whatever card or gift they're prompting us to to purchase and give. But the idea of uh, being able to participate in the church calendar as um, helpful and good. And I find, Trevor, I always want to, and I see how it means a lot to people. Right. But I struggle to kind of, I I don't know. Uh It doesn't mean a lot to me, but I want it to. Um, But this sounds, I like this idea of, Finding a practice that maybe doesn't have to be as prescribed, right? Sure. And
0: and I think you've also you've also given with your reference to Hallmark cards. I think you've given another perhaps clue as to how Lent can be a way of preparation. In that, I think to some extent, we are addicted to culture. And. And, and or addicted to some the consumerism of our culture. And and that get, could get reflected in cards that you've always got to buy for Mother's Day and Father's Day, etc. etc. Um, and sometimes I think one can embrace a practice that just punctures that, um, that addiction to a consumerist culture. Which could add to the degree, perhaps, of our freedom and lightness in our friendship with Christ. And I know some folk who really have, who've seen these 40 days when they face some of their addictive behaviors, particularly addictive behaviors in terms of the bombardment from our culture as to maybe what is important. Mm-hmm. So one, for example, I'm just thinking of something very simple, one may uh, just become a little bit more measured around um, our shopping habits, for example, uh, through Lent, um, or whatever. uh, You know, whatever perhaps really speaks to our own particular condition of uh, kind of addiction Mm -hmm. within our consumer culture.
1: So for folks that uh, are in the practice of giving something up as a way to prepare, use the time gift, how do you think it's helpful to determine what to give up? You kind of alluded to it in there.
0: Right, sure. I stand to be corrected here, but the, one of the, I think one of the Latin words for lens suggests that it's a time of spring cleaning. So if one plays around a little bit with that metaphor of spring cleaning, um, a spring clean, um, and one thinks also in terms of maybe how we are conformed so deeply to the patterns of our world it could be helpful to in preparation for the lenten season and I, to maybe see where you know where do i just where do i need to give some attention in terms of facing what's going on in my life at the level of let me go back to the word addiction to my culture how does that play out in my life and I think that can give some suggestion as to a a practice maybe that addresses a particular addiction Um, and I think And I think maybe one other thing that I'd like to say here, it may, the intensification of this period may involve some kind of giving up of something, a kind of fast from something. Um, I think it may also be maybe sometimes just taking on, um, just taking on something that adds to the intensity of these 40 days in terms of my friendship with uh, with Christ, that I may, I may take on an extra five minutes uh, for 40 days of um, going for a walk and on that walk spending time thinking about my life with Christ. And I don't do it normally, but I'm going to mark these 40 days with that practice. Yes.
1: Would you have a word for folks to avoid some of the unhealthy bondage that often becomes associated with Lent?
0: Well, maybe one year to give up Lent for Lent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, maybe, and and quite seriously, uh, I'm saying that, it may be quite helpful that uh, that for this Lent I, I give up Lent uh, because I've it's become uh, it's become a season of a bondage of legalism of externalism of guilt of, of not measuring up of you know comparison um, and I think it's so easy for things to go down that to go down that route it it just kills it uh, yeah very much so. So I think, again, you know, it's, I'm always saying it needs to have the uh, kind of the smell of freedom about it. <laughs> and when I lose that aroma, I always get a little bit concerned about my own life or if I have the privilege of maybe companioning
1: someone else in their life with God. And so Trevor, you're emphasizing, you know, if this has the smell of freedom, is it possible to go to a, another extreme and lose the challenge of this season? I think so.
0: Um, that makes it so important that our journey always be with others, maybe who can, you know, who can call us out sometimes uh, in, a, in terms of just real honest friendship. Uh, if they, you know, if they detect a kind of almost... Uh, Misuse of of the gift of freedom. I think it's also where we need to be a bit careful with self-deception. And so I'm not in I'm not at all suggesting that you know through Lent kind of do what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really would like to give some guidelines. You know, and, my, and, and I would like to give guidelines in terms of questions. Is what you're going to do, will it help you enter into Good Friday, Easter Sunday, a little bit more receptively in a prepared way? Uh, Will it deepen your friendship with Christ? Will it increase your freedom in terms of some of the addictive patterns of your life? And will it draw you into a deeper engagement with people around you? And at its very easiest, will it make you a better person to live with? You know, <laughs> <laughs> To have you, have you practicing Lenten to really be a pain in the backside to live with at home is really not... Uh, you know, I think there's something going on there that's not helpful. Not a good use of the time <laughs> gift. No, not a good use of the time <laughs> gift at all. And I think for me, the litmus test always is is this um, is the quality of my own friendship with God, the quality of my relationships with those closest to me, the quality of my connection with those in pain. You know, is it is it really? deepening the quality of those critical relationships. So, I, I would offer those questions as guiding questions as I think about, I wonder what I'm going to do this Lent.
1: Those questions go beyond Lent. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely, a, absolutely. It's really helpful. No. I, I heard you mention this the other day of, for spiritual formation. Right. This is a really helpful Right. Could you give them again? There's three in there, wasn't there?
0: Is this practice going to bring me to a place of deeper preparedness for Good Friday, for Easter Sunday, for the mystery of Easter? Is it going to help me enter into this mystery a little bit more deeply? Is it going to bring a helpful intensity to my relationship with Christ? Mm -hmm. And will it deepen the quality of my relationship with other people, particularly those closest to me and those perhaps in pain uh, around about me that I have relationship with? And, and as you're saying, I think those are questions that I would find helpful for any practice. But I think in terms of Lent, they help me to, as you were saying, maybe really make, really open up the time gift and explore it, and um, not just leave the gift line on the shelf.
1: You've written a a helpful little book on Lent. Could you tell us about that? Yeah. I read the book,
0: I think primarily it came out of my own practice, out of a practice one year um, where I offered myself a word for every day, just one word. It was a biblical word and uh, where, I may, where I looked at the verse, uh, thought about that word, and then just had a, a practice uh, for the day that, didn't kind of, you know, add on uh, lots of time, or but just made me a little bit more conscious, perhaps, about a daily action that was already in my life that I could just perhaps be a little bit more conscious of. So it's called pauses for Lent. Um, I've sought to do that with the other seasons. So there's a pauses for Advent and there's a pauses for for. Um, for Pentecost, for Easter again, just with the um, the offering of a word, um, a short paragraph on that word, for a biblical verse and a daily practice.
1: And what if I miss one? Is that okay? Oh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's but you, you know, we do that no, kind of I thing. Know, I'm going to do Lent and then, uh, you know, something happens no, one absolutely. day. Absolutely. Just throw the whole absolutely. thing out. Right. I, I, I missed it.
0: <laughs> and I think also, maybe, but in connection with that, quite purposefully, really wanted it to be minimalistic. Um, yeah. So that, I'm, for example, if maybe I wanted to, to, to do it um, uh, before I go to work and I just don't get time because I've got so much to do with the kids. Um, Etc. I can just put it into my bag and, you know, read it on the train or bus or tram or whatever.
1: Sure, you could you could spend a lot of time with each one of these, or not? Or not, right. right, it's, right. Would you be open to reading one? I, w- I would love to. So let me
0: take day 18, which is on page 34, and the word for that day is listen. Uh, one of my favorite words, and the passage is from James 1.19. Let everyone be quick to listen, uh, slow to speak. So that would be the verse for the day. And then the words that I've offered as a reflection, the German theologian and martyr, Dietrich Bornhofer once wrote, many people are looking for an ear that will listen, and they do not find it amongst Christians, because Christians are often talking when they should be listening. Listening lies at the heart of our life with God. But in order to listen to God, we need to learn how to listen to the person next to us. After all, how can we listen to God whom we cannot see if we cannot listen to the person that we can see? Lent can be a time when we embark on a spiritual adventure in learning to listen. We can begin this exercise with those very close to us, our colleagues at work, family members or friends. Listening will become a spiritual practice, an everyday habit, a way of life. So that was the brief meditation. And then the daily practice, ask God today for the gift of ears. Throughout the day, remember James's invitation to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Make a conscious effort in every conversation today to listen more than you usually do.
1: There's freedom in that.
0: I hope so. I really do. I discovered in my own practice that somehow taking one word into the day, I then begin to almost interpret all the different events that are happening uh, through that one word. And it becomes a little bit of a grid uh, through which I experience life that day. Um, And I have often been surprised by how God can use one word uh, in my life each day. Thank you, Trevor. Mm, Thank you. Thanks, Nathan.
1: (laughs) Well, there you have it. Again, Trevor's book is titled Pauses for Lent. He's also written two similar small guides for Pentecost and Advent. I also want to mention his book, Discovering Our Spiritual Identity. It's been a great help to so many folks. And another book he's written that's quite special to me, Beyond Loneliness, The Gift of God's Friendship. As always, thanks for listening and have a great week.